guys. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Happy September. This week on the podcast, we have astrologer Nadine Jane. Nadine has used her history in the fashion and beauty industry and combined it with her passion and expertise for astrology to create a massive Instagram platform that makes astrology fresh, modern, and accessible to her followers. She also offers private readings through her website to individuals all over the world. On this episode, Nadine shares with us how her interest and passion for astrology formed, what astrology actually is, and where it comes from. She also tells us how it can be a part of our health and wellness journeys, and she even shares her vision to integrate it with IFS and parts work therapy. This episode is equal parts educational and fun, and teaches us about how we can further get to know ourselves through astrology. We hope you enjoy the episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. If you listen to our episode with founder Carly Stein, then you already know how powerful Beekeepers Naturals products are. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Allie and I are absolutely obsessed with these products and I've been using them consistently since December when Carly was on the podcast. So Allie, what is your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product? I love the Propolis Throat Spray. I've used it consistently through the year and it's been my immune system's secret weapon, which makes sense since Propolis is basically the immune system of the beehive and has germ fighting properties. What about you? I love the Propolis too, especially as somebody who always had strep throat and throat infections. It has seriously changed my entire life. (laughs) But with that said, my favorite product is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. Bee Chill Hemp Honey delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so that you can find your bliss. Made with USA grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I sleep like a baby when I take it before bed and it seriously takes the edge off of my whole day. It also hits the spot when I'm craving something sweet after dinner, which is just an added bonus. If you want to try the Propolis or the Beechel Hemp Honey or any of the other amazing products, you can receive 15% off your Beekeepers Naturals order by using the code COURAGEOUSWELLNESS, all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash courageouswellness. And you can also find the direct link in our show notes. We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes.
Welcome, Nadine. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us today. I'm so excited to be here. We are, too, um, to have you. Can you, just to get us started, uh, tell us a little bit about your own personal journey and how that led you to your work in astrology? Yes, it's very random, to be honest. (laughs) Um, So I was a designer, and um, that was the plan. I wanted to be a designer, then an art director, and then a creative director. I moved to New York. I'm from California, from Berkeley. And I moved to New York City the day after I graduated because I knew that this was the type of design I wanted to do. I didn't want to work for a tech company. I wanted to be in the fashion and beauty industry. And then um, ended up getting a job at Glossier a few, uh, two years into being in New York. And um, I think it was a 23rd employee. And by the way, if I, no one's, the majority of people have heard of Glossier at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but if you haven't, it's a beauty company. And, um, and yeah, so I was a digital designer there and spent three years working there. And then um, had a couple of my own personal life crises along the way. Liked the job a lot. It was an amazing opportunity. I loved the company. I loved the culture. But I was just experiencing this internal change of what do I want to do with my life? What am I here to do? This whole design thing is making less and less sense to me. Um, So whenever I do chart readings, I always tell people like, people do change and that is a very natural part of astrology and of life. And so we should, you know, when I thought that I was going to be designer for the rest of my life, that was not thinking holistically about how people work. Um, And so anyways, I was very bored Mm -hmm. and I was really hurting in a relationship at the time. And he's actually still my boyfriend to this day, but we were going through a very tough period of time. We were long distance and it was a four day weekend. And so all I had to do was think about how much pain I was in. And so then I ended up, um, I had all these notes and these files on my computer of just one liners about different signs. I'd been studying astrology for a really long time, I think since I was 18 on and off. And, um, and so there are just these funny one-liners of things that came to my head of how to describe a Gemini or an Aries. And then I had, uh, it's just funny how all, there's all these different pieces along the way that didn't add up to me at the time, but I had taken a front end web development class when I was a designer and the teacher said, your final project has to be a passion project. It can't be based on your job. And so I'm like, no shit, I'm going to do astrology. So actually, way before I ever launched my Instagram account, I had built this site. So probably two years before. And um, it was this beautiful, like my goal was astrology is amazing and it's cool, but we're not designing it for the modern day person. And so it kind of gets into that category of woo woo or doesn't make sense or it's too wordy and I don't, I don't know how to learn astrology. So that was the goal of the website. I had no plan to launch it. It was just to complete this course that I was taking. And so anyways, this weekend with my boyfriend, now we're coming full circle, Um, I'm in my apartment. I'm devastated. And for me, creativity has always been the outlet. I'm like, that's where we go to when shit's not going super well. And um, I basically made an Instagram template where I was like, this is what the posts are going to look like. Maybe no one will read it. Maybe some people will. It was honestly mostly for my friends. As a joke at Glossy, they called me the in-house astrologer. So I was like, bare minimum, I have 50 awesome women who want to read what I'm writing, right? right? Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I turned all these one-liners into the first 12 posts that I made in that weekend I launched it. And the cool thing about working at a company like Glossy and just being in a city like New York is that everyone is kind of somebody, you know what I mean? So maybe my friend had 500 followers and then maybe my other friend had 2000 followers. And so it actually ended up growing to, I think a thousand followers in a day. And that it was just this very, this is again, it's to me, this entire job, this entire experience was super spiritual, even though we don't think of technology as being Mm -hmm. spiritual, but it was just this moment where I felt like for the first time, the universe's message was pretty clear for me, which is this is going to be a thing for you, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's why that's been my entire motto for the entire thing. I don't do paid advertising. I don't do anything like that because I feel like I was given this gift of just, you got to do what you love. And so you better be super authentic in what you do. So, uh, 
after I launched the Instagram, I think it was eight months after I ended up leaving my full-time job because it just became too much of a competing interest. Wow. So you then started doing readings at that point? Yeah. So when I launched the Instagram, even when I was working at Glossier, so many people were asking that. And by the way, I had been doing readings actually for girls in the company for a really long time. They were my guinea pigs in retrospect. Like now that I read books and listen to podcasts of, 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 of sorry, of other astrologers, they always say the best way to start is on your friends and do readings for your family members. And I had been intuitively doing that anyways. And so I, I had this like huge community of people who were interested in astrology. By the way, fun fact, Emily Weiss, the founder of Glossy, did not launch Glossy when she wanted to because Mercury was retrograde. Oh my and goodness. so the company was sort of pre, it seemed like it was just, we were all biting and excited about astrology way before this ever became a thing for me. So anyways, I'd been doing readings for actually a pretty long time, but they were super basic. And as any new astrologer knows, you're sort of like experimenting in the dark so to speak you know some things you get glimmers of light here but you don't see the full picture because you you still have so much to study um and so anyways by the time that the Instagram launched and people were asking for readings I had known enough where I felt like you know what I don't want to do this for free this seems like something that's is is beneficial for other people and it is a huge expense of my energy and my time um, and so I wasn't charging a ton, but it ended up being enough to where I thought, okay, I think I can sort of take a leap of faith and turn this into a business. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. And so, yeah, your journey is really like spiritual. Like it was really yeah. meant to be. So for anybody who is listening, who kind of knows what astrology is, maybe we could just like go to the basics right here yeah, yeah, and be like, what is astrology? Yeah. Like, what is it? And what drew you to it, right? You said you've been doing this since you were 18. Yeah. So what is it and what drew you to it? Two really great questions. Um, so let's start with what astrology is. The most basic way to understand it is the idea of synchronicity. So the idea of like what, so there's a saying in astrology as is above is below. And so the concept is like we are in one energy force field. So whatever's happening up there is affecting us in some way, shape or form. And then if you want to get into the slightly more practical side of things, the concept is we're studying what's going on with the sun, with the moon, with Venus, with Mars, with all these planets. And then we're putting human interpretations to what that might mean for us and so if you're skeptical by the way I'm my was raised by chemistry professors I am fully on board with a healthy amount of skepticism I think that's fine um, but if if you want to think of it this way the sun affects the tides and it affects the crop I mean sorry the moon affects the tides and it affects the crops we are whatever 99% water it's it is it does make sense to think that the moon might be affecting us as well so that's once something something Thing that I always tell people when they're a little bit have that healthy amount of skepticism yeah. and just to even to chime in on that I've been thinking about recently even like our bodies you're saying it, there's so much water but and as women like yeah our cycles are based around the moon cycle exactly it's pretty amazing right so it's like how could it not be connected in some capacity absolutely I think the part where the healthy skepticism I can accept is that there are these are human interpretations of the planets. You know what I mean? So that's the part where I guess I could consider it a spiritual practice rather than a science. But the cool thing is if you read the history on astrology, the earliest astronomers were astrologers. Like the two words were sort of like, um, like interchangeable. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so the, it is rooted in science. And yet at the same time, the part that is spiritual is that we, we interpreted them in a way that made sense for us. Wow. Yeah. And so, so what <clears throat> did draw you to this? So world? this kind of gets into the birth chart, but basically, so I would say the most commonly known part of astrology is a horoscope. And so what the astrologer is doing is they're saying, all right, Venus is moving in this crazy way and it's in this crazy sign. How is that affecting all of our love lives, for instance, or our appearances? Because Venus rules beauty and love. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I would say the part that the world is just catching on to pretty broadly because of apps like CoStar is the concept of the birth chart. So this is a picture of the sky at the moment that you were born. And so it's essentially like where was the sun, where was Venus, where was Mars, where was Jupiter, all that kind of stuff. And so since we ascribe meaning to all these planets, it tells a huge story in astrology of who we are as individuals. So the way I like to explain the birth chart to people is like imagine the most um, accurate and most descriptive version of like a Meyer Briggs test, like a personality test. That's kind of what you get out of a reading is my initial reading with someone would be, this is just fundamentally who you are. These are your strengths. These are your weaknesses. And this is where you need to look out for certain things. And so for me, I was a, I grew up with chemistry professors. I grew up in an extremely, um, sort of like intellectual environment, but I was always artistic. I was always different. I was extremely extremely rebellious and I just didn't seem to fit I was like where did I come from did I come from outer mm. space and then when I started the it's so fun to go up starting from the most basic level like I love for people to just start with your sun sign you know what does it mean for and in my case what did it mean to be an Aquarius and it said rebellious never fits in with the norm tends to grow up in a family where they don't fit in at all and so it just got me hooked where I felt like as someone who something I always questioned was am I supposed to be changing who I am to fit into the system or to be accepted or to be liked. And I think astrology empowered me to say, fuck no, I'm uniquely gifted in these X, Y, and Z ways. If I were to try and fit into this mold, I would be getting rid of all the amazing traits of what it means to be an Aquarius at the same time. That's really interesting. And in a way, giving you like giving you context for who you are and not feeling that, that there was fault in that, right? right? Like that there is, there's a reason, an explanation yes. for something that felt out of the ordinary. Right. And then in a super spiritual way, this concept of fatedness, this idea of it not only am, is it okay that I'm that way, but maybe it was even meant to be that I was that way, you know? That's really beautiful. That's really beautiful. And I think that so beautifully takes us into maybe the next part of this conversation. Um, I would love to go into, like you mentioned, your sun sign is Aquarius. So maybe we can go through some of the basics of, of a chart yes. <laughs> and um, how you also learn to translate, right? And yeah. do those readings. I'm so fascinated in how do you read, how, how do you get that human interpretation? Right. But before we go into that, maybe we could all share our sun, moon, and rising in case anyone in listening is interested. Because I know when I listen, I'm always thinking, what is their sign? Yes. <laughs> So, um, okay, I can go first since yes. <laughs> I'm talking. Um, so I, my Libra, I'm a sun in Libra, moon in Aquarius, Capricorn rising. Beautiful. Mine's easy. I'm an Aries sun, <laughs> an Aries moon, and an Aries rising. It's <laughs> a whole lot of Aries. It's a lot, a lot of Aries. And that means, we'll maybe get into this in a second. This might not make sense to anyone, not even you guys, but it's all in the first house of identi identity, and that's the honorary house of Aries. So, like, to, you're, to say that you're an Aries would be a, a big that's understatement. Yeah. Um, and then I'm an Aquarius sun, Aquarius moon, and Virgo rising. Wow, amazing. So, yeah, what does all this mean? What yeah. is our sun sign? What is our moon sign? What is our rising sign? And then are there any other parts of our chart that are more important to know? Yes. That's a lot of questions, so I'm just going to let you talk. <laughs> so I'm going to zoom out first, and then I'll get into the nitty-gritty. But, like, okay. There's a certain form of therapy called IFS therapy. I'm going to go a little bit off subject, but it believes in parts work. And so to explain parts work, very basic, you say a part of me wants to date this person and a part of me knows this person's bad for me, right? That's parts work. So the idea in that form of therapy is to piece together what each of the parts motivations are rather than demonizing them. So let's say you really don't want to date this person anymore rather than saying I'm such an awful person for going back to them have compassion for that part of you that goes back and say, but its goal is to do X, Y, and Z. So the reason why this is interesting, and by the way, my long-term goal is to integrate that therapy practice with my astrology practice, because I think they're very paralleled. But here's the part that's interesting. All these different planets, there are five what's called personal planets, which is, I think, what I'll explain right now. I won't go into the outer planets, because that, that'll take the entire session 
Um, but the personal planets I like to think of as parts of ourselves. So the sun sign is the ego. You walk into a bar, someone says, hey, what's your sign? You would say I'm an Aries. You would say I'm a Libra, right? We've known this since we were reading like 17 magazine and flipping yes. back to the horoscope section. This is just our conscious self. So for that reason, it was born later than our moon sign. And I'll go into the moon sign in a second. But this is when we realized, hey, it's not just me and mom. Dad's involved you know, or my siblings involved and I'm a conscious person with other people around me. Um, and so for that reason, it's our identity. In some people's cases, it's their purpose. It might be very much related to what they're gifted at. Um, and in general, it's our temperament. It's how we act in society at large. The moon sign is the complete opposite. It's your unconscious self. Who are you if you're not thinking? Who are you when you're not acting out of a place of consciousness? And so for that reason, it's way more interesting for me to read someone's moon sign than it is to read their sun sign. Um, but the moon sign explains our emotional needs. It explains, by the way, if you want to get super deep into it, it explains mom. It explains what was she like? What was she like with you? But it's very subjective. How did I interpret mom? Because you'll find with siblings, they have different moon signs. So my interpretation of mom is very different than my sister's. Um, and so, yeah, it basically explains how do I feel safe in the world. So it's a very important part of the chart to read. Um, and then the rising sign I like to call the head of PR. Mm. <laughs> basically, <laughs> like it dresses. So you guys can't see us, but we are all dressed in different ways. This is our rising signs at play. And so uh, to give an example, I'm a Virgo rising. My ultimate goal is to just have no one say anything about my appearance. I don't want you to say anything bad. At the most, I would like you to say she looks nice today, but I'm not looking for a big, wow, she looks incredible. That might be a Leo rising. Mm -hmm. The deeper meaning behind the rising sign, aside from like first impressions, is how do I approach my life? You know, what is my, how do I go about my day? So for instance, my boyfriend's a Taurus rising. He is so much slower than I am. My Virgo rising is nervous and wants to get shit done. I'm like ready to work. And then he's a little bit slow and methodical about how he goes about things. So those are the three most important parts. Should I go over Venus and Mars? Yeah. Do you those, have any questions? No, uh, no, I mean, it's it's are, fascinating. Are, are those actually learning about my Venus? And again, I and we can get into this later. I haven't had an, a formal chart reading. I've just done my own right. internet research. And for anyone looking up, you can find your sun, moon, and rising for free. on the internet for right. free. Um, but I found out my Venus is in Leo. Mm -hmm. And it explained so <laughs> much. I was like, oh. Like, it made me feel less crazy, yeah. to be honest. Because... I have since learned I need a lot of attention to feel love. And my <laughs> husband is like, he's the most loving, wonderful person, but like, he's so solid and stable. Yeah. And like, I feel like I always feel like I'm crazy. And I was like, no, I'm not crazy. My Leo is just in Venus. Yeah, needs. this is. Yeah. So it helped me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I need a lot of attention to feel love. So I, so I, it helped me, but I didn't even learn about that until like a month ago. Yeah. So maybe you could say what Venus and Mars are. So I would say if you are absolutely brand new to astrology, just bite off sun, moon, rising, start there. But yeah. if you are someone where you're like, yeah, I kind of got that down, Venus and Mars is the next place to go. These are the five personal planets. So this is like so individual to each of us. Okay. Um, so Venus, I think of the five love languages yeah. test. Some people are acts of service. Some people are words of affirmation. Some people are physical touch, right? That's very much related to the Venus sign. So it explains how you love and how you feel loved in return. Um, and so for that reason, you're exactly right. We might be partnered with someone where their Venus is totally in contradiction to ours. That does not mean we're not an amazing partnership, but it does mean awareness and a dialogue around, hey, I'm a Venus and Leo. I need you to tell me how awesome I am all the time. Yeah, is different than his, which my, I have no idea what his might be. But in my boyfriend's case, his is just quality time. Like, I just know I need to, to budget in that. That sounds like my husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the Mars sign is much deeper and much more complicated and multifaceted. I would say this is a harder one to understand for people, but it's your animal-like nature. And so for that reason, it encompasses anger, sexuality, our drive. How do we act when we're in fight or flight mode? You know what I mean? So. So I always say to people, Mars is the first time you had a confrontation with your new friend and you're like, holy, I swear a lot. It's okay. Way. Okay, cool. We have an explicit reading. Great. <laughs> Just in case. 
so you'd be like, holy shit, this person's way more passive aggressive than I ever imagined. Their Mars might be in Cancer, which mm -hmm. is a self-protective and emotional sign. They're not trying to be mean, but they just shut down. Versus you might be a Mars in Aries where you're like, I need to talk about it immediately and I'm just going to be as straightforward as possible. Yeah, exactly. So the Mars sign is complicated, but it's really really helpful for understanding interpersonal relations. Both of them are. Venus okay. So those are good things to sort of like, once you have your three sort of bigger ones right. to then, if you want more intricacies about your personal, the personal way you kind of deal with relationships with, yeah. and in relationship to other people. Totally. Those are kind of good places to go. Right. Okay. Exactly. It is interesting. <laughs> and they all, and I, I imagine, right, this is when you're interpreting a chart and yeah. you go into right, like, you're doing a chart reading, they all work together, right? Like they all like, so you could read, right? Like my Venus is in Leo. It means this, right. but my moon is in Aquarius, which means this. So right. how are they interacting with each other? Yeah. You know, so that's part of astrology. It's called aspects. And so aspects I like to call. So, okay. I think CoStar covers this. I'm not sure. But if you look up any basic generator, they might have this section that says like sun square Venus or sun trine moon or something like that. Yes, right? like how it's in relationship to the other planet. Or So exactly. Okay. So I think of it as like the Thanksgiving dinner table. You got Uncle Sue and then like Aunt Joe. That doesn't make any sense. Uncle Joe over there. And they're in conversation with one another. Maybe one is like super outspoken and maybe very political and has a lot of opinions. And then the other one is super shy and gentle and she's not having it. That can happen within your own chart. So that's why parts work is very interesting because it's again saying a part of me wants to be a famous celebrity, but a part of me cannot stand standing on stage. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what's very, so this is why you can get very far with the internet. You can learn so much. You can learn about all of these different facets of who you are. But the astrologer's job is how do I pull all of that into one integrated story? It's actually very similar to therapy where I think therapists work on giving you a cohesive life story where they're like, let me help you integrate this relationship and how it fits into the rest of who you are and your shared experiences. That's very similar with astrology. It's like, I can't just tell you that you're like a balanced, likable Libra how does that fit into the other stuff in your chart that's a very important question to be asking so when someone wants to come I think you've kind of started to explain this but when the difference between coming to someone like you right. versus just like looking their stuff up on the internet is right. that you can get a basic understanding from doing the chart on the internet right but going to see the professional might start to to put the pieces together in a cohesive uh, like a way to understand it fully yeah and you should be able to walk and by the way I think sometimes the internet can scare the life out of you with how they describe certain things and so I also think it's the astrologer's job to say yes Pluto in the seventh house could bring relationship troubles but at the same time there's a huge capacity for growth there's a huge capacity for having these like really intense and wild partnerships where you learn more about yourself than you would if you were alone yeah yeah just like you said like learning where my Venus was and I forget where my husband's was now, but learning where his Venus was when mm -hmm. I looked his up, I was like, wow, it helps you. Like you're saying, understand. It's not like maybe we don't show love and give love the same way, but now we have this understanding. But he totally loves me. But yeah. he totally loves yeah. me and I completely love him. So now how do we communicate that so that, that the other person, and that, like you said, it's very similar to love languages yes. when it's not about how you receive love or give love. It's what does the other person need? Right. And astrology has helped me so much with that, even right. just on my own little way. But I'm very interested as well. You know, you mentioned, right? Like the skepticism can come from that human explanation or translation, right? Of right. what's going on. Right. So how do you do that? Like, right. Like, so now like you're, re you're, you're translating charts, right. you're, observing the planet you know mercury is going like whatever's happening right how do you do it like how do you even learn <laughs> to like read planets it's just so fascinating I, honestly I think in my case and I'm just a huge proponent of this in general I think learn by doing like to be honest I love I love the fact that I spent so long doing readings with girls that I worked with because they didn't care if I knew everything they were super an open super open-minded to what I did not know but I think I was super honest about what I did not know and what was really fun about 
about doing readings with people is that people are so curious. So a girl, I might have never really started to study Jupiter and a girl might point to the chart and be like, what is that? shape me Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and then I and I'm stuck there thinking I don't know and then I go home and I'm furiously researching what this means for this person but so anyways I think it takes a massive amount of studying you guys can't see this but there's tons of books on astrology that I have I think you have to find the right books first of all because the internet is great but I think that the internet can give competing information that's not always super accurate Um, but then the second piece is the learn by doing helps you realize the nuances and some of of this information so by I think I've done over a thousand readings at this point wow. now I can see how these different planets and placements and aspects manifest so what maybe I used to say very black and white things that could have scared the reader the uh, client but now I have this more integrated view of what these could mean um so I don't know if that answers your question but to be honest it's a process to learn yeah. how to read a chart and as you said, sometimes you can look up stuff on the internet, which can seem sort of cold and scary right. about, you know, about your signs. Um, and you mentioned earlier when we first started recording that, you know, humans are able to change yeah. and humans grow. And right. that's sort of the purpose, like, right, is is to go through growth in our life, right? Because right. if we stop growing, we just cease to just, you know, we remain totally. the same or, or regress. And so how do you... Um, when you're working with a client, say this is your tendency, right? Maybe mm-hmm. this is where this is where you feel comfortable, and this is your natural tendency. This is where you're going to want to go when right. you're feeling scared, or when you're feeling loved, or whatever it may right. be. But if someone's coming either and dealing with a relationship issue or something like that, right. how do you use the chart or a reading to encourage them to maybe make a different choice, yeah. or that they're not bound to it? Like, what's the difference between? faded totally stuff versus I'm a human and I have a choice on how I want to deal with this which I think is by the way you're bringing up the biggest criticism of astrology is like it's a self-fulfilled prophecy or I even heard it recently of like astrology is the way of telling you all your fucked up behaviors okay (laughs) and I would say that's completely the opposite at least from like the majority of astrologers point of view I'm not here to like blow smoke up your ass and tell you how perfect you are. However, I do, this is, I think where the person, the astrologer comes into play. My chart is very glass half full. Like I, I have attended, I have Venus in the seventh house. I want to see the best in you. That's just a part of my personality. Um, and so my job, particularly as the astrologer that I am different astrologers are different is that I want you to realize your gifts. And so the way I would handle a client who's going through a very difficult time, or maybe has very difficult aspects in their chart there my point of view is there has to be something beautiful in there so for me I always go back to the gift what is the gift in the lesson what is the gift in the person let's say you are someone who's riddled with relationship issues but then there's a huge that means that there's a huge exploration of why you lose yourself in their relationship what are you hiding from because very often when people have tough seventh house which is the house of partnership placements mm-hmm. it's much more of a hidden reflection of you than it is about all of these uh, in quote destructive partners that you keep encountering and so for me I think it's just drawing them back to like so in parts work it's called the self which is just the most it's that moment where you're maybe let's say you're meditating or let's say you're in the middle of doing something that you absolutely love and you're just in that moment of complete alignment with yourself and you're like I'm not acting out of fear I'm not acting out of anything except my purest self that's where I want to take the client back to over and over again. It's like, yeah, I totally understand. You've been dealt some like tough cards when it comes to relationships, but there is this beautiful being underneath all of that, that you, that this part of your chart is begging you to get to know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think this actually lends a good sort of moment to talk about how your chart can also help you get to know um, what you need to or what might serve you to focus on in self-care too. So could you speak a little bit to that, whether it be self-care in a physical or emotional, just like how it how it can also help your wellness? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's two houses I think are the most important. I didn't cover the houses, but basically the houses explain in astrology 
where your personality shows up. So I'll give an example. It's like we covered the personal planets. That's me explaining who you are. Mm -hmm. The houses explains what, but where are you that way? You know what I mean? Yeah. So an example of this is your friend who might be like super funny and chill and like parties all the time with you. But then she goes to work and she's a CEO. Her 10th house, which is the house of career, fame, and honor, might be super different than her fifth house of leisure. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, the, understood. So, yeah, so those are the houses. So the sixth house and the 12th house are the two most health-related houses. So, But what's very interesting to me about astrology is it very much lends itself to like psychosomatic health issues, but also for the same reason, that can be your pathway to healing. Um, and I do think that like in general, we're all kind of getting on board with that mentality. I think our generation's much more interested in like holistic health than we are like, you know, give me a medication to cure this thing. Well, I think medication's awesome, but you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and so anyways, the 12th house rules the subconscious. And so for that reason, it can, it can basically explain hidden health issues. It can explain, um, our psychological tendencies when we like, let's say shut our eyes at the end of the day. Um, it can explain traumas that we might have in our subconscious that need to be given light to them. If you want to get super deep into it, which I of course do, it has to do with like ancestral trauma, ancestral healing, or if you want to maybe the more commonly term common term is like intergenerational trauma just like what is my family experience that I've inherited um and then opposite to that like in direct opposition is the sixth house of like physical health so this is where we see all of that 12th house stuff potentially playing out um and so if you have tough planets in there or just planets in general health might be a huge concern for you you know it might be something that comes up time and time again and the sixth house can actually explain not just people who have health issues but it could also just explain someone who's stoked on taking their body super treating it like a temple to use that cliche term it could actually tell positive planets can tell a story of just someone who's focuses a lot of attention and energy on that and then detrimental planets can both tell a story of obviously like physical ailments but then also it can tell a story of are you going to be someone who helps other people Mm -hmm. because I've actually read many clients charts who have Saturn which is technically a detrimental and you know it's a tougher planet to have in the sixth house of health it can be restrictive it can mean you don't necessarily have like natural like perfect vitality but so many of those people take it so seriously because Saturn is a very serious planet that they end up being you know a nutritionist or they end up being a doctor of some kind so all just like everything in astrology there's always a silver lining and then there's always the part that's the gift underneath like I I love the quote um don't quit before the miracle and I think that that's very true of the sixth and the twelfth house is like yeah it may appear as this crazy chronic health issue that sucks but maybe this is your portal into understanding some of that 12th house stuff yeah you know Ali and I practice Buddhism that's actually how we met we talked about it on the podcast but it it reminds me actually a lot of even like ancient Buddhism that like we learn because even that concept like they call it like karma intermission Mm. you know like you may have this karma that seems like terrible and daunting and overwhelming right but you your purpose is to turn that into your mission right so it's like it's just I'm like wow like so much right is so similar it's just language it's all integrated so language um but is this what you cover in a reading like do you do like what is a reading and do you go like obviously you only have a certain amount of time with someone who is is a reading a multiple time situation do you get to the houses or is it first session just charts you have the five planets how does it really work Um, so let's say you're someone who's never done a reading. I would just do a fundamental birth chart reading with you. And so we'd cover everything in the chart. We wouldn't just cover the five planets. We'd cover every single one of them. Um, but the way that I budget my time is that, yeah, we just cover the sixth and the 12th house. Some people don't have any planets in there. And that doesn't mean that doesn't exist in your life. I think that's actually a really common misinterpretation is like, I get messages from people. They're like, I have an empty seventh house of partnership. Am I never going to get married? I'm like, that's absolutely absolutely not what it means. What it means is I could write a fictional book about you if I read your chart. I wouldn't include any chapters about your marriage. Do you know what I mean? It happened. It might have been awesome and amazing, but like that wouldn't have made the 10 chapters that I want to cover. Do you know what I mean? In the life of this person. Um, So there's just less emphasis on the marriage or the partnership, so to speak. 
Um, and so anyways, the chart will guide me as to what we need to focus on. I'm definitely going to focus more on the houses where there's a lot of planetary energy, um, because that's going to tell a specific story of where life tends to be happening for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you feel about horoscopes? Speaking of like readings, if someone is custom to getting a reading and they come in and they're like, this is what's going on in my life right now. Can you give me some insight into yeah. what's happening with like the planets at the moment for yeah. me and how it interacts with my sign? Is yeah. that is that an experience that people come with too or, or have with totally. you? Totally. So the second type of reading we could do is what's called a forecast reading. Okay. And so that's probably, again, we said this, I said this at the beginning, this is what people think of when they think of astrology. Right. That's why it gets conflated with like mm-hmm. um, going to see a psychic or going to see, you know, a medium or something. I'm like, that's not what I do. at all but it is in the sense that yeah we I'm going to tell you some things that are coming up for you but it depends on your view of astrology so I'm in the realm of psychological astrology so Vedic astrology for instance is very into telling you you're going to be rich at this age and you're going to you know have this crisis at this age I just tend to view it much more as an internal process rather than telling someone that you're fated to have x y or z happen and so I so anyways yes 100% I believe in horoscopes but my interpretation of horoscopes is probably in the category of more psychological than it is literal that makes sense because even (laughs) if it's about money (laughs) yeah to me, it's about self-worth and it's about, and it, maybe it's even about materialism as a way of numbing. You know what right. I mean? If we're talking about the negative aspects of finances. So it's like, I just don't, I don't like to interpret it so literally because then it doesn't give life to like the nuances of you. And, but then also most importantly, the idea of self-will right. and the idea of I can change my fate, which I a hundred percent ascribe to. We are all, yes, we are working in this like energy field, which is cool. And so we are guided in certain directions, but what are we going to do while we're being guided? I think is I should, I would hope that horoscopes can be empowering rather than scary and limiting. Well, I think that's what you do is honestly, your your Instagram, if people don't follow you, are going to show, you'll say at the end where you can, but your Instagram is so empowering. Like your readings of what's going on this month, what's going on in the, every time I read it, I feel empowered and I text all my friends there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's I get screenshots from her all the time and she'll send me like all three of her main ones, like so I can, because we're business partners, so I can have a sense of like what's going on with her versus what's going on with me because, you know, Aries, Aries, Aries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's how I feel when I read them. They're so spot on, Mm -hmm. which is crazy, but they're also very, very empowering. So I think you do an amazing job at empowering anybody who's reading about what's going on this month, even during like Mercury and retrograde. I felt like everything I was reading was an empowering take on, you know, on a shitty situation. Yes. (laughs) Seemingly shitty situation. Yes. So, you know, we mentioned this before we started talking, but it had always been something that interested me. So for anybody else who's listening, who might be a cusp baby, yeah, <laughs> I would like to ask this question on behalf of all the cusps listening, but I'm a cusp. Yes. And actually in like the 17 magazines of it all, my birthday is almost always listed as Virgo. Oh, almost wow. always. So my whole life I thought, I was a Virgo. Right. Um, I knew I was a Virgo Libra cusp, right. but um, it wasn't until I did my chart right. that I found out I was a Libra. So y- you you do not believe in cusps. So or it's don't, not about it, believing. believing. They yeah. just don't exist. You yeah. So cusps do not exist. So maybe you can like you shared with me just speak to why that is. So but here's okay for anyone who's like what the F, you know, like I'm a cuss there. It does work for certain signs and I'll explain what well, it works for every sign in one part. So I'll explain there's 30 degrees in every sign. You don't have to know what that means, but just know that there's 30 it there. So each sign is broken up into 10 degree segments. There's three of them and they're what's called decans. And each of those have a sub ruler. And so let's maybe use you as an example or, er, Let's maybe use Aquarius as an example. Um, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus. That is just base level. Any Aquarian, that's your ruler. But then in, within these 
uh, 10 degrees, which is, by the way, you can kind of break it up into days of the month. The first 10 days of Aquarius, the ruler and the sub ruler are Uranus. So that's where the idea of Capricarius, I'm going to call bullshit on. That doesn't exist because your sub ruler and your ruler are both Uranus. So you are what I like to call purebred Aquarius. Like there's just no denying it. There's no Capricorn bullshit. You might though, what's interesting about astrology is that the planets are kind of close to, so Mercury, the sun, they're all close together. So it's not uncommon to be an Aquarius sun with a Mercury and Capricorn. So that's why the person is like, but no, I so identify with Capricorn. I'm like, because there are parts of your chart that might be in Capricorn, right? Um, But then we'll go to the uh, last 10 degrees of Aquarius. The ruler is Uranus, but the sub ruler is Venus. So that gives them that, pi- or sorry, no, the sub ruler is Neptune. So that gives them that sort of Piscean nature mm. where they're a little bit more gentle. They're a little bit more ethereal. They're a little bit more artistic than other Aquarians, right? So that's why I would say we can call it cusps, but let's get very specific as to what these cusps mean because it, it, the way we talk about it in general is like we got Capricorians, we got... Um, uh, I don't know the other acronyms, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, like half one, half the no. other. Kind yeah. Of thing. That's really helpful. And thank you for explaining yeah. that because again, I know we have some other cusp babies who probably listen and we're just as confused as so, I So, so if you're sitting there and you're devastated because you're like, I so identified as a cusp, then I would encourage you to look up your chart and find out where you might have that other sign in your chart. Cause that's not uncommon at all. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. It's so, I feel like this is very Aries of me to say, but as we know, I'm very Aries. Yeah. Um, I, the idea of like, you're talking about identifying with a sign yeah. is, is really interesting because remember there was that whole thing. I don't know. I literally heard it on like a morning television show and I didn't discover like things were, had moved or another planet or something. Can you speak a little bit to that? Because I was like, if I found out I was no longer an Aries, I would be devastated. Yeah. But I feel like that's just a super Aries thing to say because like Aries think that the, they are the first sign of the Zodiac and they yeah. just think they're the best sign of the Zodiac. Yes. Like, I was like, oh my God, I couldn't be any other sign. You know, I'm just yes. being honest. Yes. So can you speak to that? Because I remember people were like freaking out that they were not what they thought they were. All, all I, I won't say honestly a ton about it. All I will say is that Susan Miller, if you guys don't know her, she yeah. is Astrology Zone. Go to her website. She wrote an amazing essay on it. And so okay. I think she can speak to this better than I can, okay. honestly. Um, but what I will say is like, these are human interpretations of each sign. Right. And so let's just go back to the traditions and what was originally written. You right. know what I mean? So that's what I come back to. But I think if you really, really are a skeptic and you're like, ha we poked the hole in astrology, go to Susan Miller. And I think she can okay. defend and that's explain. Good. Yes. Yeah. Cause I me. know people were just like, no, but yeah, people you get know. very attached to their sign as they should. But I think that what the chart breaks up by the, Ooh, actually this is my favorite line to drop in any podcast okay if you say you hate Gemini's or you say that you hate Scorpio's I have news for you we have all 12 signs within us yeah because of the birth chart and so because of that like yes I'm attached to being Aquarius but at the same time I know I'm my my amazing 12 wheels of different signs you know what I mean and so it's like for that reason a healthy level of detachment, I think is important when you start discovering the chart and you're like, whoa, I'm way more than just a Libra. There's a lot of other shit going on. In your case, I can understand the attachment because there's so much, there's so much. Yeah. It's so, but you know, what's interesting that you say that I wonder if you feel strongly against certain signs, if you make these generalizations, yeah. do you, would you suggest that that's a part of yourself that you should explore? A hundred percent. Like I, I always find that okay so let's say so okay Scorpios and Gemini's I would say notoriously get shit on the most we all do but I would say that they get it the absolute worst Scorpios in particular I don't think it's surprising to me it's like our culture it, it champions productivity it champions being a leader it champions being productive it, it sorry I already said that it champions just being like an awesome person in society Scorpio is more concerned with emotional honesty it's more concerned with darkness it's more concerned with knowing the real shit that's going on in your life not what you post on Instagram and so I would say it's it's 
it's interesting that we have a lot of themes as to what signs people reject the most. I think that says a lot about who we are and where we are. But I think in, if you individually are repelled by a certain sign, I think that you're exactly right. Explore in your chart where that shows up because it might be super hidden. It might be a part of you that you reject. It might be a part of you that actually brings up a lot of pain. You might have some very difficult planets in that sign. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, You know, so we always ask um, everyone who comes on, and I'd love to do an astrology twist on this, but, you know, obviously so many people that come on this podcast, you know, so much of your life is self-care or creating something that helps other people, right? So how do you take care of yourself? Like Mm -hmm. what does self-care look like for you? But also how, like we did touch on this, but how does astrology impact the way you take care of yourself as well? That's a good question. Um, I'm just a huge proponent of therapy. Mm -hmm. Like to me, it's like, and this is so true of my chart. Yeah, of course it'd be awesome to have the perfect health and fitness routine. That's probably not going to happen for me. It will not happen unless the psychological stuff happens first. And so that's just my form of self-care is that's a non-negotiable for me. Um, It also allows me to be present for my clients because it is it's similar to being in a therapy session where you should not be picking up on my stuff. You should not feel like I'm bleeding into your reading. And also I shouldn't be have this haze over my readings. That's very, you know, about me, Mm -hmm. Um, which is it happens. Obviously, astrologers are human beings. Right. And so for that reason, for me, the my self-care is is focusing on healing the wounds of my past. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you. And, um, so we also ask all of our guests if, um, you know, obviously you have a whole library of books and resources that are important to you and have been a part of your journey, but do you have any recommendations? One, I'm going to ask you actually one of two things. One that has been particularly meaningful to you in your personal journey and it doesn't Mm. have to be an astrology book it can just be something that has meant something to you cool that you would recommend yes but also if someone's interested in In sort of like basic astrology 101 do you have a good resource you'd recommend for totally okay so we'll start with me uh and it's actually related to your as a podcast there have you guys heard of the body keeps the score no so it's um it's about trauma and healing and it's basically about how the interaction between the body and these experiences and the idea is sort of like the, your body is your portal into all of the trauma that you might not have able you're not able to access consciously um and so it's just a really interesting tool for understanding this is why i act the way that i do this is why these irrational behaviors make total sense um and so if anyone's experienced any type of trauma by the way a lot of the research done for this was on war veterans to sexual abuse victims like it's across the board because trauma quite frankly is universal and its effects yeah. on people and so that and so for that reason I would highly recommend that book. Great. Um, And then for astrology, okay, so there's this book called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need to Read or something like that. Maybe in your guys' show notes we can link it or something because it might be slightly off. Um, but it's just everything you need to know. I think that the, the title is pretty accurate. It just covers basics, fundamentals, and it speaks in layman's terms. Like it's totally accessible. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And for anyone who wants to find you or follow you or book with you, and I'm curious, do you do virtual readings or just in person? You can let us know. I do virtual. Great. Yeah. Where, where can they find you? Um, so probably Instagram is the portal. Let's, so it's Nadine Jane underscore astrology. And then there you can find my website. You can find how to book a reading with me. So I would say start there. Great. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. I feel like we've learned so much today and, um, I think it was really insightful, but also really fun. So yes. we appreciate you joining us. Yeah. It was so fun for me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.